Thank you for joining us at the Pastor's Table at Tahlequah United Methodist Church. Let us know that you're here in the comment section, and if you've got questions or comments, feel free to question or comment as well. We would love for you to connect with us online at TahlequahUMC.org, where you can worship with us, connect with us, and serve with us. Now let us grow together at the Pastor's Table. I'm lead pastor Matt Franks here at Tahlequah United Methodist Church. I want to invite you to the pastor's table tonight. This is our first week of uh, Advent, and this is a Sunday of preparations uh, leading towards Christmas. And um, we have all sorts of special things going on throughout the season, and we invite you to look at our website to know what's really going on. Uh, There's just so many things going on, it's really exciting. But our look this year for Advent is come home for Christmas through song. We're going to look at some of the songs that we sing uh, during the Christmas season and Advent season to prepare our hearts and minds for the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so I've asked Dr. Bob uh, Daniel, our music director, to come in and, and share with you a little bit about the hymn that we'll sing after the sermon. And this week's hymn is Joy to the World. It's one of my favorite hymns, and, and we had um, our musicians pick uh, their favorite hymns for Advent, and we've got a really good list of, of music that we'll provide for you on Sundays, and each week we will look at a particular song uh, on the pastor's study, and then I'll talk a little bit about it uh, on Sunday for our sermon. But today we're going to talk about joy to the world, but before we begin, I want to light our first Advent candle as a reminder of the hope of the anticipation of Christ that is coming. And so will you join me in an attitude of prayer? Let us pray. Gracious God, come. Come and fill our lives with hope, love, joy, and peace. And Lord, as we hear Dr. Bob speak today, may you speak to us and we remember the hymn, Joy to the World, Your Lord Has Come. And let all of us rejoice in this time and space we give thanks. And all of God's people said, Amen. And so today we light this first Advent candle as a reminder of hope for the coming of Christ. And so let's listen to what Dr. Bob has to say this week uh, for our pastor's table. Uh, Pastor Matt asked me to, to talk during the Advent season about uh, some of the hymns that we'll be singing for these four Sundays of Advent. And the first he asked me to talk about was, was Joy to the World. Um, before I talk about both the lyricist for that hymn as well as the musician who wrote the tune, a little bit about uh, if, if uh, perhaps you have looked when the hymns are being sung, at the bottom of the hymns, um, they have listed the individuals who were responsible for having written uh, both the lyrics as well as the music. And usually it's not the same person. Um, and that's also true uh, in, in the music field. Um, for example, um, uh, an opera might have been written, the, what we call the libretto, which is the book or the story on which the opera is based is often written by someone other than the person who writes the music. Um, that's also the case with, uh, and perhaps um, unknown to many people, with the Messiah. Uh, we, we think of George Frederick Handel 
as, as the creator of the piece called, the huge piece, four hours long, called the Messiah. Uh, and um, perhaps erroneously we give Handel the credit as being the one who wrote the text as well as the music. Obviously the music for the Messiah was written by Handel in only 24 days, uh, uh, interesting enough. But uh, someone else wrote the text on which he based that music, an, uh, an Englishman named Charles Jennings. So they collaborated. So uh, even with something as brilliant as the Messiah itself, it was really created by two individuals, and, and Handel uh, gets most of the credit. Uh, but the text was actually based on biblical scripture uh, and was collected uh, by someone other than Handel himself. Uh, that's also obviously true of hymns. Uh, and with, with this particular hymn, Joy to the World, we credit um, both um, an individual named Isaac Watts, uh, who was, if you will, the lyricist, or wrote the words to that particular hymn. But, but the music came along uh, actually um, 50 to 75 years after the text was written. Uh, by an individual in, named Lowell Mason. Uh, and Isaac Watts was an Englishman who wrote the text, and Lowell Mason was an American. So there was really no collaboration in, in, as such between those two individuals, but they both should be given as they are credit, due credit for the creation of that particular, of that particular hymn. First of all, talking about Isaac Watts, um, he, as well as Lowell Mason, the creator of the music, were, uh, were both radicals in their time. Uh, how was Isaac Watts radical? First of all, his, his father um, was not a conformist in the sense of the religious um, beliefs and traditions of the, the church in England at that time, which was the Anglican Church or the Church of England. Um, and he was actually imprisoned. His father, Isaac Watts' father, was imprisoned. In fact, when the, the younger Isaac Watts, the one who wrote the text, was born, his father was in prison uh, because of his, uh, his radical beliefs. Uh, they both uh, were a member of a type or sect at the time called Congregationalists, who... Um, uh, and I, my understanding is that, that the Puritans kind of descended from the Congregationalists, and, and we can also see a relationship between the Pilgrims in America to the Puritans themselves, perhaps. Um, but Congregationalists did not, for example, believe in the hierarchy that was typical of the, of the, the Church of England at the time, um, bishops, archbishops, uh, and that sort of a tradition. So they, they, um, they shied away from, from that, um, that organization of the church and instead um, had, um, uh, my understanding is things such as elders and deacons. So it's more people to the church. So the church was for the church and was governed by the church and the members of the church at that present time. Um, so that was one way that, that both Isaac Watts' father and Isaac himself were, were radicals. 
Another way was they, they uh, many, much of the, the hymns of the Anglican Church were actually uh, based upon the Old Testament, uh, specifically um, psalms, which you would certainly expect could be easily uh, produced in a musical form. Um, but uh, both his father and Isaac himself felt that, that there wasn't a, a connection with the life and death of Christ on earth, which is reflected more in the New Testament. And so they, they felt that, that that was an oversight and that it should be part of, of, of the text, the lyrics of the hymns at the time. And so Isaac Watts tried to bring more of a, a Christian uh, affiliation um, uh, it is represented in the New Testament uh, to, to the hymns themselves. So in that sense, uh, Isaac Watts was, 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 quite, uh, was quite unusual. And for that, he has been credited as being uh, the father of the English hymn because of, uh, of that tradition. Some hymns that, that he wrote in addition to the joy to the world, the text, uh, one of my favorites that we that we um, that we hear at Chris at Easter time uh, that the choir did two Easter's ago. When I survey the wondrous cross, which was a hymn, uh, again my one of my favorites uh, during the Lenten season, um, and also Oh God, our help in ages past is a hymn that we associate. In fact, uh, Isaac Watts um, created over six hundred. Uh, I think the number is closer to 700, 750 hymns, hymn texts uh, that were reflective of, of, uh, of, his, of his beliefs in the church. Um, moving on now to Lowell Mason. Lowell Mason, as I mentioned earlier, was, was also a radical uh, and was important um, for several reasons, um, one of which um, was that, that he, at the time, which was early 17, uh, early 1800s, pardon me, uh, whereas Isaac Watts was in the 1700s, Lowell Mason um, was, was uh, very much uh, a believer in the European tradition and the brilliance of some of the European composers uh, of the earlier century, specifically uh, Haydn, uh, Franz Joseph Haydn uh, and uh, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart and, and of course of Beethoven, both of those being classicist uh, composers uh, of the previous century. Uh, and, and he reflected a lot of, of the, the, the harmonies uh, and the quality of the music uh, of those earlier um, composers. Uh, and, and at the time, the, the, uh, this was in America, at the time the Americans were, were more in favor of the more folk, more popular style and type of, uh, type of, of hymn tunes. But um, uh, Lowell Mason instead preferred um, a, a respectful um, adherence to the, to the style of the classicist of the previous century. And his, his hymn tunes very much reflected that, um, which was in, in contrast. He, he wrote um, some hymn tunes 
and sent them off uh, to a publisher to be published uh, and hoping that, that this might begin to set his name in the map in, in, in the, the history of, early, of, of American music in this century. Um, and uh, very matter-of-factly, uh, the publisher that he sent it to in Boston returned it. The word was to Lowell Mason that it was rejected. Uh, and so uh, Lowell Mason was very disappointed with that rejection. And so he kind of took it upon himself to say, maybe my future is not in him writing, um, uh, in him tunes. So he left left Massachusetts, where he was living at the time, and moved to Georgia, uh, interestingly enough, and became a banker uh, and, and kind of gave up his, his, his dream of writing uh, hymn tunes. Um, and it's an interesting story that, uh, that a society in Boston uh, which still exists today, called the Haydn and Handel Society. Again, Haydn uh, being one of those classical composers that, that Lowell Mason admired. Uh, and Handel was, of course, a Baroque composer, but certainly a respected um, composer in Lowell Mason's eyes. This society uh, bought up uh, evidently, it had been published, perhaps unknown to Lowell Mason, and this society in Boston, which still exists today, uh, it's kind of, this society is, is uh, kind of like what we have in Tulsa. We have a group called the Tulsa Oratorio Chorus, which one of our previous music directors here, Don Studebaker, conducted for a number of years, and perhaps some of you have gone to performances, and I've had the pleasure of being a soloist with that group on a couple of occasions, um, and a group that still exists. But this society is kind of like that, uh, and, and they, they performed uh, on a regular basis numerous large choral works, um, and um, they bought up um, uh, the publication of hymns, hymn tunes, that Lowell Mason had written, and he found out about it, and so he, he thought, well, maybe there is still a future for me in writing hymn tunes that, um, that he was proud of. And so he went back to Boston. Uh, and it, it's very fortunate that that happened because he, he created, he became president of this society, uh, the Handel and Haydn Society, and um, uh, uh, also uh, became a very important figure in the, in the history of music, especially music education in Boston. Um, uh, he became the superintendent of um, the music programs in Boston, the, uh, the music system. And if you're a music educator, or if you know a music, music educator, one of the first individuals that music education owes is a huge uh, credit to and, um, and uh, is blessed by having Lowell Mason because he's basically the father of public music education uh, and music educators uh, revere his, uh, his history and his, his, his contributions to music education. Um, how does that connect with, with joy to the world? Um, he um, found the text 
Um, and, but before he found the text, he had actually written the melody to Joy to the World without the text being known to him. Um, and it was only about three years after he had written the melody uh, that he found the text of Joy to the World that Isaac Watts had written. Uh, a, a bit about the, the music, though, before identifying the two relationships of the lyricist and the musician. Uh, some historians, music historians, have, have looked at the melody uh, that Lowell Mason created of Joy to the World and have found connections to some um, uh, melody, uh, small parts of melodies of the Messiah. Uh, for example, um, joy to the world, the Lord is come, that we all know, is the exact same melody of the chorus, lift up your heads, O ye gates. Uh, lift up your heads, O ye gates. So there is a connection there melodically to, to that. And also there's an aria in the first part of Messiah, um, the, the Christmas part, an aria that the tenor sings that I've had the pleasure of singing a lot, uh, called Comfort Ye My People. And there is a little snippet of a melody, saith, saith your God, saith your God, which is also similar to, uh, I think, Bum, 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 ba -da -dum. Let heaven and earth rejoice. Let heaven and earth rejoice. So you see a similar kind of melodic treatment there. So uh, again, Lowell Mason referring to the music of some of the earlier masters that he was trying to emulate. Um, so Lowell Mason, another hymn that Lowell Mason wrote that, that sadly we, we reflect on uh, as being the hymn that supposedly was the hymn that was being played aboard the Titanic uh, when it sank uh, to the depths of the seas uh, by a string quartet aboard the ship that was supposedly repeatedly played over and over again. So that was another hymn, hymn tune um, that, that uh, Lowell Mason wrote as well. So Mason uh, is, is very well known, not only for his, uh, his, uh, his desire to create a classical kind of style of, of hymn tune writing in, in America, but also because he was, uh, he was basically the father of American uh, music education and for that music educators in the country. Another tune that I hit upon uh, that um, that he also wrote, um, Mary Had a Little, not Mary, yes, Mary Had a Little Lamb, I think, uh, was another child's tune. He was very interested in, in public education for children as well as for adults. So that's the history of, of this hymn, uh, both from the lyricist's standpoint from Isaac Watts, but also from Lowell Mason as the musician that created the melody. And it was only after the, the writing of the melody itself, based upon the classicists, that, that uh, Mason found the text and hooked them together. And because of the creation of, of that union, 
we have the popular hymn. It's one of the most published hymns um, uh, in North America, is the hymn that we'll sing on the first Sunday of Advent entitled Joy to the World. It was really good to hear Dr. Bob uh, speak today. I really enjoyed uh, what he brought to the table today. I learned a lot about this hymn, some things I didn't know and and just was excited to hear, and and I hope you are too. And so I want to invite you to join us on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in person or online uh, through all of our social media outlets to to watch our beautiful service uh, that we have for this Advent season. And we want to invite you to join us in person or online, and you can connect with us at TahlequahUMC.org. We hope you have a good Thanksgiving, and we see you Sunday.